Hello again, Betsy. How are you? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good, good. So you're, I know you're busy working on the next issue of Health Progress. It's going to come out in early 2023. What's, what's the topic for that issue? The topic is uh, Living Our Catholic Identity. And uh, it, the issue is uh, has been shaping up to sort of focus on um, some of the things that make our uh, Catholic healthcare uh, workplaces unique, I would say. And it feels very much like the um, the progression of a continuing conversation, I would say. Great. We'll look forward to reading that here. Uh, but for this episode of Health Calls, we're actually going to talk about an article in the current issue. So you ready to do that? I sure am. This is Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. I'm your host, Brian Reardon. With me is Betsy Taylor. She is editor of Health Progress. And we're going to talk about uh, one article about care collaborations. And then in a few minutes, we're going to bring um, an author of that article, Nadine Nadal, and one of the folks featured in the article, Mac McCardle. I'll introduce them in a couple of minutes. But uh, Betsy, let's start by talking about that fall issue, 2022 care collaborations. What about collaboration really stood out to you and in, in the HP team as a topic for that particular issue? You know, I think in Catholic health care, we talk about partnership so often um, because we're dealing with complex systems and we're dealing with issues um, that extend well beyond the doctor's office. Um, so I think what we were trying to get at was some of the specifics of collaboration, not just, hey, partner, but, you know, uh, what seems to work? How should you do it? What are some of the stumbling blocks that arise? Um and uh, this article in particular, um, I think, did a really nice job of looking at um, sort of like the cover of the issue, almost the way that the pieces of something can come together for a greater whole um, that no, probably no one organization can fix a social problem. But boy, we can accomplish a lot if we work together. Yeah, and the name of the article that we're going to uh, go into more detail is called Friendship Houses, New Connections. It's Christus Health and Community Partners' Work to Strengthen Neighborhoods. Uh, what insights about the topic of collaboration did you gain in reading this piece? Um, I think that people can bring their individual strengths to the work they're doing. Um, I think it's been great to see our systems really think about um, data collection and that they don't need to reinvent the wheel every time there's a, there's an issue they're trying to work on that they can you know borrow from other communities that they can certainly um, as they're measuring refine what seems to be working what seems to not be working um, it just seems over time like people are getting a little savvier about as hard as some of this work can be um, really, trying to make sure that what they're spending money on and what they're devoting resources to is having a community impact. Yeah, and I love the simplicity of, of the model of the Friendship Houses. It's really getting, I think we said, back to basics. It's things that we just, you know, a generation or two ago was sort of taken for granted. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, I think it's a beautiful model. I think people being deliberate about um, improving their neighborhoods and their communities is a great thing. And um, and I know we're going to talk more about this approach, but um, I mean, even the name's nice, right? Friendship Houses. We could all use one of those in the neighborhood. Definitely. Well, let's bring in uh, the author and our other guests. So I want to now introduce Nadine Nadal. She is Director of Community Health Development at Christus Health. And joining Nadine uh, via Zoom is Mac McCarter. He is the founder and coordinator of Community Renewal International. Nadine and Mac, thanks for joining us. 
Well, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Betsy. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Brian and Betsy, for the invitation to share this space with you all. Yeah, and again, this this article, Friendship House's New Connections, really is it's a story of a neighborhood. So I guess, Nadine, I'd start with you. Can you tell us a little bit more about that neighborhood and how it became the focus of this work? Sure. For, for Christus, the focus for us really started with a calling by our sponsors to extend the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. And for more than 100 years, Christus Health Report Bossier, which is one of our many ministries and the Sisters of Charity, really continue to answer this call by not only creating equity advocates within our associates who nurture belonging and amplify the voices of our communities and patients, but really also through our collaborative relationships and investments, helping us weave into the fabric of our communities. And as you can see, proactively and holistically caring for our communities is within our DNA. And part of our caring nature is to fully understand the lived realities of the communities that we serve so we can care for them in an equitable manner. And the Christus's community health needs assessment that we conduct every three years helps us to do this. And um, with the help of Metopio, a data visualization platform that we partnered with over the course of one and a half years, we helped in identifying health priorities with our communities and created our organizations as communities of focus. And if I may, I, I want to dive into our communities of focus of why and how we created them. Uh, with numerous studies and statistics demonstrating that people experience different opportunities to live a very long and healthy life depending on where they live, it was important for us to dive deeper into the zip code data we collected. And this journey revealed those social and economic disparities across our service areas, especially communities that have been historically under-resourced and disinvested. And through this process, we concentrated on, on five criteria. We started with our primary service area zip codes, which Christus Health defines as the zip codes in which 80% of our inpatient discharges come from. And from this large population, we wanted to understand more. So of the primary service area zip codes, we pulled in the census population from Metopio and included our patient visits and their average score of the social vulnerability, economic hardship, and area deprivation index. And that social vulnerability measures the resilience of communities when confronted by disasters and disease outbreaks. That economic hardship measures the economic conditions of a neighborhood and the area deprivation index measures the socioeconomic conditions of a community. And what we've found is that if the community scores higher on one index, you're most likely to score high on another. Mm. And of course, we also brought in the life expectancy data point to help us further confirm these, these findings. And so with the qualitative and quantitative data that we had, we connected, or in this case with CRI, we reconnected with, with our community-based organizations that are already addressing the health priorities that we identified and are also serving the same neighborhoods that we wanted to focus more on. And with Community Renewal, St. Luke's Ministry, and Shreveport Green Mobile Market, there was a lot of overlap between the health priorities and our communities of focus. And we all had a common goal to improve the health and well-being of our communities. And our partnership focused on creating sustainable solutions that improve the health and social conditions for the common good. And Nadine, in, in the article, you used the term revillagizing. I hope I said that right. Yes. Yeah. So Nadine, uh, describe what that means, Nadine, as, as you wrote this article. It's, it's different than revitalizing, right? It is. And, and Brian, Mac really coined this term. 
And I'd love to hand it over to him to, to talk more about that. <laughs> sure, I'm glad to do it. So, you know, uh, actually, the incredible thing is the village was the transformational element that literally transformed mankind. We were hunter-gatherers, and then and the village was the wonderful invention of woman. And there were some probably long years ago, they said, we're not going to go hunt and gather anymore. They literally uh, settled and created a womb-like structure that transformed humanity. And so what we did is we went back and saw what are the fundamental elements of a village? And of course, mutually enhancing relationships. Uh, you had what was called common culture. You had a healthcare delivery system where you had, you know, you had your medicine men, et cetera. You had leadership. You had uh, dwellings where folks live. You had uh, meaningful work. And you had safety and security. There were eight fundamental elements, as well as a way to uh, transmit knowledge and wisdom from one generation to another. So those were the eight fundamental elements, but they all were glued together by mutually enhancing relationships. Yep. So what has happened with the rise of cities is that we have literally become uh, we have become disconnected from one another, and that always brings dysfunction in its wake. So what we've said is with with a real uh, intentional systematic model to restore the eight elements of the village, literally we can revillageize our urban areas and rebuild and reconnect uh, those foundational relationships that we can all remember uh, and we have uh, watched diminish. And so consequently, it literally is eating the elephant one bite at a time. And uh, it has been had remarkable, remarkable transformative results, Brian and Betsy, for, for all of us. Um, so we're all in this thing together. So let me turn to Nadine. Um, Mac did a nice job of explaining you know, why this is such a good model. And really, as I heard him speak, it really spoke to a lot of the conversation we're having across Catholic healthcare around how can we better address social determinants of health. So from Christus's perspective, why is this model so attractive? And he also mentioned in the article, you know, that it's important to not just be a funder, but a collaborator with these type of projects. And Brian, thank you for that question. I do want to refer to our Christus Health's values, two of them, to be exact, and that is stewardship and integrity. Stewardship for Christus is that wise and just use of our talents and resources in a collaborative manner. And then integrity is the honesty, justice, and consistency in all of our relationships. And Christus Health and our grant-making arm, the Christus Community Impact Fund, lives by these values every day. And it's our guiding compass in the way that we collaborate and partner with our Shreveport Bossier community. And one of the things that we've learned, and it's been a very important piece to the puzzle in addressing social determinants, is that our community is our strategic advisor and sounding board. There is no one else that wants to see their community thrive more than the people that live in them. You have an abundance of talents that live, work, 
worship, learn, and play in the communities that you serve. And they are the experts. They are full of wisdom of what's best for their community. And they're also the key to the successful change we all want to make. And so bringing them in or going to them and creating empowering spaces together will truly help us address the social needs and also the social determinants of health of our neighbors. I, I do have three pieces of advice from the health system and philanthropic perspective. First, nothing about us without us. This term was coined by disability rights activists to communicate the idea that no policy or program should be decided by any representative without the full and direct participation of members of the groups affected by that policy or program. This really can be applied to your community work. Apply this to everything that you do, make it your mantra, and whether it's collecting data, creating strategies, implementing programs, even writing an article, share the platform process challenges and success with your community. Secondly, show up to learn, to understand, and to be with your community. And this will help you determine when to lead, collaborate, or support. And as a health system or philanthropic arm, you don't always have to be the one leading or convening all partners. There may be an existing community collaborative that you can show up to and just be consistently present. And as I mentioned, um, Support can come in many forms and not just financial, and you'll learn about that support that community needs by showing up. And I just want to reemphasize support can come in many forms and not just financial. Here at Christus Community Impact Fund, our support comes in three T's, time, treasure, and talent. Treasure, of course, are the investments and grants we provide, and time is providing our partners with volunteers through our Christus Associates. And talent is providing our partners, board members, so our leaders can share their skills, expertise with our, uh, from our associates to help them solve their most pressing business challenges. Thank you, Nadine. No, that was a nice summary. Uh, Betsy, as we're um, kind of wrapping this conversation up, uh, re- what, what are your reflections on this? Is you know, you, you worked on the article. I think the article does a really nice job for anybody who's interested in this uh, to read that. And we got a little more detail from both Mac and Nadine. Uh, your thoughts? I think one of the things I really liked about the article was. Um, the people in the neighborhood telling their stories of um, what the Friendship Houses and this work um, has meant to them. You know, people talking about um, better educational opportunities, maybe somebody who was struggling, who found um, a neighbor um, who was supportive of them and listened to what they thought would help them move forward in their own path. And so, you know, it is an inter- it's a very interesting model because it's it's sort of the formalization of good neighbors. And and I know there's more to the model than what we discussed in the podcast and I would tell people definitely take a look at the article. It's comprehensive and uh just presents this information beautifully. But um, it's just wonderful to see an approach that um, is tied to relationships and um, a good reminder that, um, you know, we need one another and we thrive when uh, when we have healthy relationships. And Mac, I'm going to give you the, the final, final word. Um, another point in the article it talks about um, outside these homes, and I think there's there's Haven Houses and, of course, the Friendship Houses, but a very simple sign that says, we care. Yes. Um, can you just speak to that about how powerful that is? Absolutely, Brian. And you never give a preacher the last word, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that. I'll remember that. And hopefully we we'll... just added five minutes <laughs> no, on. Yeah, yeah they, they will always say, and in conclusion, and so 15 minutes later, they, you know, <laughs> they'll say, as I go to my seat. So, uh, so, and Betsy, listen, what a wonderful thing you just said. I wrote it down. 
the formalization of good neighbors. Uh, I wrote that down. That is a that is precisely what uh, what is at the heart of community renewal. Because, as I said, relationships and friendships are always based upon what we share together in common. We celebrate our uniqueness, but we are glued together by that which we share in common. And if we can share the highest, which is to care for one another, share that as a conscious commitment with one another, and that now brings in every single individual. But we always have a saying here, caring alone will not heal our world, but caring together will. Nice. I love that. And so the key is, is to join everyone committed to caring, to join them together. And so we formed the We Care team. And that's at the very heart of everything we do. Then we go from the individual to the block then to the neighborhood with our friendship houses. We now have over 50,000 people who have actually signed cards uh, joining the We Care team. And we, we're caring together. We're just not visible to one another. And so consequently, uh, we, we haven't been able to form that connectedness. So the sign is there to become visible so that we can both emotionally, psychologically, and relationally connect together, and that becomes the most powerful force. It is the formalization, thank you, Betsy, of good neighbors. Nice. Mac McCarter, he is founder and coordinator of the Community Renewal International uh, and was featured in the article that we just talked about. And Nadine Nadal, she was the author of the article. She's also director of Community Health Development at Christus Health. Thanks to both of you for joining us for this conversation. I'm delighted to be here. And thank you, Nadine and Brian. Thank you. And Betsy, a great kudo to you. <laughs> thank you both so much. Nice speaking with you. And uh, boy, if I could get more articles like this one in every issue, I'd be a happy editor. <laughs> it's really, it's a nice one. Yeah, it's a great one. Thank you, Brian, Betsy, and Mac. And this has been another episode of Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. For my colleague, Betsy Taylor, I'm Brian Reardon. You can hear Health Calls on all of your podcast streaming channels, as well as visiting chausa.org slash podcast. Thanks to our producer, Josh Matica, and our engineer, Brian Hartman at Clayton Studios. Thanks for listening.